Hello, wonderful ones. This is episode 34 of the Because Why Not podcast about awakening in the middle of your life. And I really hope you enjoy it. If you would go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and hit me up with a review if you would. Um, it really helps for the podcast to be found and for it to be able to impact more people in meaningful ways or give them something juicy to listen to or to laugh or to get comfort from. And so if you would do that, I would be so appreciative. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Hi, I'm Grace Beeson. I'm a professional relationship coach trained in authentic leadership. Each week I come to you on the Because Why Not podcast with stories from my own life of things I've experienced, things I've read, learned, anecdotes of every day, and that I hope that you will learn from or at least have a good laugh about. So thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate your support. Would love it if you'd leave a review on iTunes or Google Podcasts or anywhere that you listen regularly and subscribe. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the episode. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Maybe you're listening to this on a Tuesday. And that's cool too. I'm glad you're listening. Thank you for listening. But it is Saturday where I am and I did it. I got everyone out of my house so that I could do a podcast. It had been on my list this week and um, and then by the time I found myself alone in the house with the time and space and ability to do it, I forgot about it and started like making myself tea because I'm cold and also because I'm putting off exercising. And then I was like, well, maybe it'll warm up a little bit outside later. It's really cold right now. So I'll go for a really long walk later. And right now I'm going to make tomato soup and then I'm going to sit down and do my, my writing that I do every day. It's like mindset shifting writing. Um, and then I was making the soup realized it was way too hot to eat. And I was like, well, I'll let the soup cool and I'll do the podcast. So I'll have to microwave the soup, but that's okay. Cause I'm here with you and I would rather be with you than eating hot or cold or just right soup. So, um, yeah, I am in a quiet house y'all, you know, that is like winning the freaking lottery as a mother, um, or I think just as a partner, as a human being living with someone else, whether or not you're a mother or whether or not you have pets or whatever, just being alone in your space in the quiet is so magical. And I just relish it and revel in it and enjoy every moment until I get lonely. And then I start texting like, when are you coming home? And I get super needy, like I miss you. And then Maddie's like, 
you can't have it both ways. You wanted an empty house and you wanted me to take the boys, right? So, but um, I've got a little while here before I go into my baseball mom mode. Baseball season has begun and between two boys who are six and eight years old who have found themselves in baseball life they have just it just happened you know you can't plan for these things we did not push our children into baseball they tried out t-ball they um kept doing it they happened to be good at the game they're moving on up and now between the two boys it's five nights a week so that is some real shit and let me tell you that uh it makes me laugh now when I think, when I sort of step outside of myself and I become consciously aware of the fact, or I spend a moment being consciously aware of the fact that I am a like middle-aged mom. Don't be mad at me for using that word. It's not a naughty word. Um, that's just the way it is. I'm about to turn 44. I have two sons. I go to baseball practice five nights a week. I don't drink alcohol. When I tell you that would have been my literal nightmare for my life, <laughs> not the children part, but the sober uh, baseball practices five days a week part um like you couldn't have 10 years ago or 15 years ago 20 years ago or even five years ago offered me enough money to be those two things um an alcohol-free baseball mom like la pro last on my list I mean there were so many times in my life I want to say that I made grand proclamations about things that not just came to bite me in the ass later, but that came to be my reality later and proved me so wrong. You know, I really used to say things like, I really did. I mean, I said, if I have sons, I hope and pray that they will never play baseball because I think it is the most boring, longest sport ever, ever, ever. I have to struggle to like watching sports anyway. I'm sure many of you listening feel the same way about baseball. I do not blame you, but it's like anything else in life. Then people you love are invested in it or are successful at it or thrive in it and you pay attention and then it brings you joy because the people you love are experiencing joy. And so I see it in a whole different way now. I see it as like my children getting outside, my children um, getting physical activity regularly to balance out their, you know, screen watching, which truly cannot be helped. It's the world we live in. I mean, we are not Amish and we are not keeping our kids from screens. We love a screen ourselves. So we got to balance it out with being outside, right? With like physical activity with, with, and I see now the advantages of team sports and that structure and that camaraderie and all those things that I hadn't experienced since my ninth grade year playing field hockey and lacrosse and soccer. Um, before I went off to boarding school and wasn't allowed to be on any team. 
That's a whole other story, guys. You can go back to episode whatever about high school reunion and how I didn't get on any team or into any anything in high school and still survived. But the point is that I'm learning through my children the value of team sports and also, too, um, experiencing joy in things that I never could have imagined before that I would. And that is about having children or about having someone in your life who shows you something um, that you just never thought you'd give a rat's A about, you know, and uh, see, I'm just cursing um, indiscriminately or discriminately. I'm, I'm abbreviating in some places and just dropping words in other places. I just want to keep it keep it classy over here. Um, but yeah, you just care about things you never would have cared about before. Like I don't care about alcoholic cider, but I care in a general way because it's my husband's passion and I understand the industry now and what makes the cider of his company, which is called stem ciders out of Denver, Colorado, by the way, soft plug, what makes it different and special and why it's you know, it's very clean and it's made from real juice and, um, that's what sets it apart. And, you know, the, all the value in the company and, and the people who run it. And I mean, I care about it because he cares about it and like teaches classes about how you make cider and how you get into the cider business and, um, the beverage industry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, did I ever think I would be invested emotionally in something like that? No. So all this to say, where was I, guys? Wow. I just digress like no one else. Have you ever heard anyone tangent or digress as much as me? Um, so you care about things that you wouldn't have cared about when people in your life do them. And so for me, that's baseball. And we have baseball season that has begun five nights a week. And so I'm heading out of here in an hour to go to courts baseball and get him because he's been dropped off fans at baseball with Maddie, Maddie's coaching. And then we go to fans basketball game because we're in the time of year where it overlaps. Then Maddie's taking them to a baseball game and I am going to be in the house alone again, guys. Wow. 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 Wow an afternoon alone. So here we are. And I've had quite a week and I'm excited to share it with you because you who are listening to this podcast and maybe you've just started or maybe you've been with me from the beginning or maybe you pop in for different episodes as they appeal to you, which is certainly what I do with podcasts. But This podcast, um, which is about to turn a year old on March 12th, um, has documented my spiritual journey, for lack of a better descriptor. That really is what has been for me. It's documented my spiritual journey in real time. You know, I started this podcast one year ago, almost, when I had just decided to remove alcohol from my life to see what that would be like. And from there, the floodgates opened. And I did deep learning into 
studying and learning, reading, listening into all things related to personal development and uh, personal growth and, you know, deep dive into law of attraction and into mindset work. And um, that all led me to discovering coaching and thinking, wow, that's really something that resonates with me and seems to touch all the things that I want to do and um, would allow me to impact people's lives in a meaningful way and help people move forward in their lives in a meaningful way um, and and in ways that, that I have. So I did a coaching program. I became a professionally trained coach in authentic leadership. Um, and then in many ways, after my program ended in October, the real work began, which is that of shifting my career fully from being an event planner of 20 plus years, though I still do have a couple events this year because number one, old habits die hard. Number two, I'm still known as a great event planner, you know, and I'm thankful for that because I know how to make money as an event planner and I care about people. So when the right thing comes along, um, I, I will do it. I will do it until, um, I don't feel like it's the right fit, but I've got some incredible clients for this year that I'm thrilled to be working with. Um, and yeah. I will always do anything to help move marriage equality forward, regardless of being a coach. So that's just another thing. But but yeah, my real work has begun over the last four months of being like, okay, I'm a coach. What does that mean? How do I build this business? And um, it is a journey of its own. It is a full-time process. And the interesting thing is having done this authentic leadership training which is really about being a leader in your own life and being an authentic leader means really tapping into who you really are and leading from there. And, um, that's, that's the simplest way to put it, but it really is about like stripping away all of the, um, things that you've been doing to protect yourself or to keep yourself small and identifying that, that is all fear based and it's about removing the fear moving from your head to your heart moving from being a victim into being a creator and um you know really propelling yourself forward in life by actually being able to believe and implement um positive change and meet goals and and so I I did that training and part of that is about part of what I did so much learning about in my training and outside of it is about allowing, not striving, you know, not being focused on striving energy where you're like push, push, pushing in life to make things happen the way that we do. Like, I'm just going to lose the five pounds. I'm going to lose the five pounds or I'm going to get the job and I'm going to spend all day gnashing my teeth and tearing my hair out to do this thing. That can be a striving energy. And what I've learned about is about, um, not just fully law of attraction stuff about just manifesting, um, but about allowing. So about removing the resistance in your life, 
the resistance you feel towards things, which is, if you're visual at all, the way that I kind of imagine it is as if like you're, there's something in your life that you're kind of like, it's trying to, it's trying to come in the door and you're kind of pushing at it. You're like, eh, you know, I feel uncomfortable. I don't really know you. Um, and you're resisting it entering your life. And instead, the idea is about allowing, let it flow. It will come, you know, release your your resistance and let the universe provide for you what it's trying to provide for you, what it wants to give you. Um, but But what's so interesting, and this is what this four months has been about for me, is that there is a balance between striving and allowing in life. It doesn't mean that everything you do has to be hard. It doesn't mean that money only comes from doing nonstop hard work on something that you only kind of sort of like um, and being away from your family and being exhausted and being you know, burn out. That is not the only way that money comes. Um, however, there is an element of, uh, work and focus and hustle that goes into building a business of any kind. And one cannot sit simply on the sofa and say, okay, universe, I'm a couch. I'm a couch. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. Okay, you can't sit on the couch, make zero movement, and say, okay, universe, I'm a coach. Send me all the clients and do nothing else. So I'm all for law of attraction. I believe fully in this. I believe that our thoughts create things. I believe that it's important to stay focused on what you want and not on what you don't want because you go in the direction that you're headed. I am all in with all of it. Abraham Hicks, Wayne Dyer, Neville Goddard. Go pay attention to some of these readings, these uh, YouTube videos of Abraham speaking, the Wayne Dyer books. Neville Goddard is from the 50s. He was talking about this stuff before anyone really, although I would argue that a lot of it is, uh, or began in ancient philosophy, Socrates, the Socratic method, but I'm, I'm all in, like I'm in, I'm there. However, there is necessarily at the beginning of a process of building a business, an element of work that has to be done in order to get it going because people need to know who you are. People need to know who I am, what I'm doing, what I'm speaking about, who I'm coaching, what I'm focused on, um, who I can help and why, what's my niche. And, you know, so for me personally, I'm just sharing that for me, the process has been whittling away at things and literally throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks to figure out what my voice is, what my message is, and it will continue to grow and change. You know, I, I, I believed for a while and again, it could come back around later, but that I would 
take my event planning and wedding planning and turn it into a way to coach the wedding industry or people getting married and, um, and went down one road with that. And it kind of hit a wall and, and really showed me that that wasn't the right direction in that way. Um, and I just remained curious, you know, I didn't get my feelings hurt about it, not working. Um, I didn't get upset. I didn't get downtrodden. I was like, huh, you know, cause I kind of, it's that, that strange feeling. And I don't, I don't mean to say this in a negative way. I, I really mean this in the best way that when you have nothing, you have nothing to lose. So if I don't yet have a thriving coaching business, then it's okay for me to try it things and quote unquote fail. Um, and I think it's just an important lesson generally speaking in life that it is, even if you do have a thriving business it, or, or relationship or whatever, it's okay to try things and have them not work out. It is okay. It is our job to remain curious, not to criticize ourselves for not having succeeded or not having made the right choices or not having moved forward in the right way or not having done the correct marketing or outreach or use the right language or whatever. It's okay. That being said, there's a lot to learn about the language, um, and the processes of building a business. And uh, one thing I've learned so much as it relates to my own industry of coaching is how important it can be to identify your your niche. They call it niching down, like figuring out who it is that you're speaking to. They call it pain points. I don't know if any of the rest of you are in any industries where you hear about this, but it can really work for any industry. Identify what the quote unquote pain points are. What pain points are you helping solve for people? What's the problem that you're solving? What is the unique thing that you're addressing that only you can address? What's the unique knowledge or life experience or expertise that you have that can help people in a way that's different and special and that no one else has because, you know, you are unique. I am unique. No one else has had my exact life experience and I can take all of that and put it towards helping other people. So for example, I'm a 43 year old white woman, um, half Jewish raised in a baptized Christian family, you know, um, but have a family who, um, my dad grew up in the Bronx. My mom grew up outside of Boston. My mom was a Broadway actress. My dad was a lawyer. They met in Manhattan. They got married at the Plaza. They moved to Denver, Colorado in 1970 for my dad's job. Um, and my mom became, you know, largely a stay at home mom and building a more suburban life in Denver until she got much more involved in theater and singing and music and performing and playwriting and teaching and everything. Um, I think probably after babies, um, there was a bit of junior league and that kind of stuff going on there for a few years. But, you know, um, I have a sister who's four years older than I am. Our parents got divorced when we were four and seven. Um, 
my mom got remarried when I was in second grade and Mary was in sixth grade. My dad got remarried when I was in eighth grade and my sister was in 12th grade. My sister left home and went to boarding school when I was in sixth grade. That was a very defining moment in my life. I went to boarding school in 10th grade. Again, go back and listen to the high school reunion episode if you want to hear about that drama. Um, And, you know, I did all kinds of things growing up. I was very fortunate, you know, everything from ice skating to horseback riding to dancing to singing to playing the piano, being in plays, playing sports. I had every single advantage, Um, a beautiful childhood, even with what they call a broken home, but so much love. And, you know, my parents were remarried happily. And um, and then I went to college in Ohio, and that really was like an incredible experience for me. And I really found myself and I was in this fabulous acapella group. I met my future husband and I also experienced trauma. My mom got divorced, um, out of the clear blue sky. We felt it was devastating for us. It was crushing. Um, and that was one of the first major, uh, life experiences that was really impactful. And I was 19. And I remember learning that I was um, not invincible. Like it was really a first defining moment for me. Anyway, college, I moved to London, I moved to New York City, I became an event planner, I, you know, lived in various places in different cities throughout the summers. Um, Anyway, I lived in New York City for five years, I moved down here, I worked for another company for two years before I started my own company and became an entrepreneur for 15 years. I consistently struggled with my weight for 30 years, dieting up and down. That's part of my story. I struggled with infertility for three or four years, um, maybe more, four years before getting pregnant with court and seeking intervention for that. Um, I had a very deeply emotionally, spiritually, physically uncomfortable relationship with alcohol for at least 15 years that I spoke to myself quietly about before I, um, decided to stop drinking. I, I mean, what I'm, what I'm doing in my like mini autobiography here is saying that all these things that I've lived through and experienced, um, have helped shape who I am. And, and so they lead me to this moment where it's, it's about to be March. I'm about to turn 44. I'm now a professional coach. I now have my legs under me. I'm out there doing it. What is my message? What pain points can I speak to? What problems can I help solve? What expertise do I have that's unique to be able to help certain people in a way that they haven't been helped before? My whole life story and me living and leading in an authentic way for the first time ever as this complete whole woman is... Yeah, that's where I am. And it's what's informing my coaching. And it's been so interesting for me because it's shown me that the message that I have to share in this life likely 
I'm not, I'm not writing it out. I'm not marking it out because listen, life is long and anything is possible and who knows what. But currently, I believe to my core that my power, significance, impact, reason for being is not for me to, let's say, share my expertise about wedding planning, like how to plan a wedding. I planned wedding, weddings for 20 years. Let me tell you how to do it. But rather, it's about me and my story and me authentically sharing who I am in an effort to help other people move forward in their own lives in meaningful ways. And that is my reason for being so vulnerable and open here. As I say over and over and over, it's my reason for being so open and vulnerable um, on social media, which can feel so hard. And I swear every time I put a post up or do a little video um, that is authentically me and sharing I mean, messages straight from my heart, there really is this like pang of like, ugh, like it's uncomfortable. It's, um, but I know, I know that it is meaningful because it can help people. And even if I get one text or one email or one phone call a week or one dear friend in Carline at school telling me she's ready for me to post another podcast. Thank you, dear Whitney. Um, <laughs> I'm calling you out. Um, you know, that keeps me going. It makes me want to do it. And I will keep doing it if only for that one friend. So coaching. The coaching is meaningful to me, again, because I'm able to help people move forward. So what does that mean? What's happened is in the last week or 10 days, you know, I've been sort of hoping and praying and um, talking with with the divine spirit and the universe. And I'll just get real woo woo here because I do I do believe in God. I do believe in divine spirit. I really um, I don't feel it's important to put a name around it, but I do believe that there's a higher power and that there's something else uh, with us because everything is energy and. Um, there, there is, there is something else. And I fully believe that I always have. I've always considered myself a very spiritual person. This year has helped me sort of put language around it and identify what it is for me and how to speak to it. Um, there were, I I don't know if I've ever told anyone this, but there were years where I prayed to God and I found that very powerful. Um, and it tends to be more like divine spirit now. Um, cause I just feel like that kind of encompasses a lot of things and the way that I feel and how I view things. But all that to say that I've been really like praying to the universe, divine spirit, God, other, um, for months about showing me the way and helping sort of download the information to me about where to go. Um, there's this beautiful book called, I think I mentioned it last week actually, by Biet Simkin called Don't Just Sit There. And it's about um, meditation, but like how to implement it into your, your, your real life. It's, it's, um, it's really fun. Like she's a musician and rock star kind of attitude um, about meditation. But she says that 
one mantra to use as you're sort of doing this praying is, where would you have me go? Where, what would you have me do? Where would you have me go? What would you have me do? And I find that I just got teary when I started saying it, um, because it's a real, um, sorry. It's a touchstone for me. That was wild. I don't feel emotional today. Wow. Um, it's a touchstone for me. It's a guiding light. It is, um, a way to help move me forward. It's a way to help me to get guidance when I need it. It's a way to help center me. Um, it is really helpful for me. And in my moments where I feel completely out of control or driven by fear or feeling a lack of direction or whatever, I can get quiet and just say, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? And release it, release it, take it out of my hands. And those are the real moments of releasing resistance and allowing. And knowing that it does need to be paired with some real work and focus and, um, you know, getting out there and sharing and being vulnerable and being authentic and networking and pounding the pavement and making phone calls and doing all this stuff, you know, that's very real. Um, but it is very helpful at times to have a way to just connect with that sense of spirit and ask for help, ask for guidance. Okay, so I'm going to stop talking about that right now because that's making me super emo unexpectedly. Um, My point with that was that I have been saying these prayers to ask for the information to be downloaded to me about what I meant to do with this um, belief in my ability and gift for moving people forward in their lives in meaningful ways. And as if going around my ass to get to my elbow once again, um, it did arrive. It, it, it arrived. It arrived today, this week, uh, the message. I received the download. And the download is was, Grace, you are here to guide you. You are here to guide yourself and women like you. What does that mean? That means women in their 40s or about to be 40 or around this age who are moving through this age, which inherently includes a great deal of self-reflection, transition, change physically, mentally, spiritually, and help people shift their mindsets and reach their goals and love their lives even more. And as soon as I received that message, I started having conversations with a lot of women. And it's so amazing because what was just, I'm going to start crying again, guys. What in the world? But it's been this beautiful experience of having these conversations with all these women who just mirror back to me this uh, sentiment that being 40 ish, wherever you fall in that range is a really specifically 
challenging time of life. So whether it's you have grown children who are leaving the house or after 25 years, you're questioning your relationship with alcohol and food, or if you're for the first time identifying what your uh, relationship is with money and wanting to improve that, or whether you are going through physical changes or whether you want to make a career change and change and you recognize that this is the time to do it, but you're terrified because you've been doing one thing for 20 years, or maybe you're going through a divorce, or maybe you're going through fertility because you're having children later. Um, I mean, the, the, the list is so long so long relationships changing friendships changing someone said it to me in such a beautiful way on the phone the other day that it feels at this age um and this woman actually was closer to 50 but i think it's so relatable um at this age 40 and above is that you're you're really and truly becoming more of yourself and more of who you are while also letting go so much of who you were. And that just resonated with me so deeply. I was like, oh, felt like I just got punched in the gut, but not in a bad way. I mean, it was just like, Yes, that's it. That's it. And there is a mourning process about sort of saying goodbye to the younger woman. And yet there's this, this, um, you know, you're letting go sort of in a way of like this innocence and maybe your body being a certain way or maybe just that feeling for me, I had to say goodbye to the feeling of like, <sighs> being reckless. I know that sounds crazy, but like I had to give up and mourn recklessness. I think I'm just identifying that as I'm talking to you, but that's what my drinking was. And it was just unhinged. And now I am, I was responsible before, but I would have blamed it on the alcohol. Um, but now I'm fully responsible for every action. Uh, that I'm making. And, but so the other weird thing about it is that you also have half of your life ahead of you, God willing, right? Hopefully. Um, and 40 really is the new 20 now. I mean, you look at photos of women in their forties from 50 years ago and they look like what 75 year olds look like now or are expected to look like now. And now 80 year olds, many of them look like Jane Fonda. So, I mean, all bets are off, right? But being in your forties is no longer a death sentence. It's like very much midway and midlife again is not a bad word. It's not yucky. It's not scary. It's a statement of fact. And it's okay. It means that you've got half of your life ahead of you and hopefully, right? And that the best really can be yet to come because there are these wonderful things about getting older. Sure, your body might be changing, but you know, a lot of your relationships are getting better. You know, your career, if you're making a shift, you're focused in such a way that you never were in your early twenties, or I'm speaking for myself. I mean, I was very driven and very focused from the get go, but 
there's more at stake now in my life. I'm raising two children. You know, I want them to have every advantage. And I also want them to see their mother succeed and be proud of me and respect what I do and who I am. And, you know, things just feel so different at this age. Um, And so coming to this realization that my niche as a coach is really meant to be um, focusing on helping women like me at this age through any and all of the things that they're experiencing is so exciting for me. And um, I'm just so thankful to have, um, I don't know, received the download. And it can feel kind of scary to to focus on one thing because I want to say too, I love coaching around almost any subject. And I don't feel like, you know, I want to prohibit myself or my company from uh, working with people who are um, over or under 40. And I love men and I love coaching men. Um, But I do think it's important to focus on this niche and it just feels so good and so right. And so I really wanted to share that with you. My home phone is ringing. It's my husband calling me and I do need to call him back, but I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast first. It'll just be a couple minutes. So I figured that out. I'm focusing on women. I coach on the phone or on video chat. So it's cool because I can work with people all over the place. Um, We can do in person, but it's really so convenient for people to be able to do video and phone. So that's really awesome. But my point in telling you all of this is that um, in speaking to women who are 40 plus in this podcast today, I want to say to you that I am living proof that you have so much time and ability and power to do so many great things still. You're not too old. It's not too late. And so much of it is simply about shifting your mindset. And I say simply because it really is. If you do anything today, it's pay attention to your thoughts and what you're telling yourself about what you can do, who you want to be, who you wish you could be, who you wish you weren't, what you wish would happen and switch your mindset to I am, I will, I can. I am, I will, I can. You are already great because you're you. You will move forward with whatever it is you want to move forward with. You can succeed. You can. You can do anything. There's this great meme that's been in my head all week that says, Don't be upset by the results you haven't gotten from the work you haven't done. Don't be upset by the results you haven't gotten from the work you haven't done. And I have that in my mind regularly because there are plenty of days where I think, what's happening? What am I doing? Right? And then I think my list is still really long of things I need and want to do to move myself forward 
more importantly, want than need, but there is a need quotient that just exists in life when you're running a household, taking care of children, growing a business, and being good to yourself and your partner. Um, But there's a list that if there are still things on that list that are meaningful, that I want to do, that I haven't ticked off, then I can't be upset at the results that I haven't gotten. So I want to leave you with that today. Thank you so much for listening and being with me here. I send you so much love. I hope you can take 10 minutes for yourself today. And um, yeah, I'll be back with you again soon. And yeah, that's it. I got to go. Bye. Oh, guys, I just want to share with you that I wrapped that podcast up and called my husband and he was just sharing me with me that our six-year-old um, threw up in the CVS parking lot. And so he wasn't sure if he was sick or if he just ate too much, but that was the crisis. And that is hashtag mom life, women in real life, mompreneur, all those things. And I thought that might make you laugh. All right. Thanks for being with me. I'll see you next time. Bye.